0: Listen to the best of the Church's music for the Epiphany season at LutheranPublicRadio.org. Sacred music for the Epiphany season, 24-7. LutheranPublicRadio.org. And the Golden Globe goes to... Oppenheimer!
1: Question, do I have lipstick all over my nose? Um, I'm just going to leave it. Barbie.
0: Watch me. Christopher Nolan.
2: And the Golden Globe goes to... Succession!
1: those are some of the highlights from the 81st golden globe awards well 2023 was a not good year for the golden globes terrible ratings highly politicized very divisive presentations 2024 had a different tone welcome back to issues etc coming to you live from the studios of lutheran public radio in collinsville illinois I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We're going to talk about the 2024 Golden Globe Awards. Pastor Ted Geese joins us. He has a bachelor's degree in fine arts. He's pastor of Mount Olive Lutheran Church in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. And he teaches a course for Concordia Lutheran Theological Seminary titled The Lutheran Approach to Art, Media, and Film. Ted, welcome back. Thanks, Todd. One of the big stories coming out of the Golden Globes, of course, was that its ratings rebounded from historic and basically just in-the-tank ratings the previous year but what's changed as far as you could tell
3: yeah i mean one of the reasons that happened they moved from nbc to cbs so that might be a better audience for them perhaps also they came in off of back-to-back nfl games i guess so then they had kind of a built-in audience that may have decided to stick around to check out uh the golden globes so i think that helped things a bit One of the big things that happened though is that they, like they've done a bunch of restructuring. So one thing that they did was they shelved their Cecil B. DeMille award that they normally gave out for like a lifetime worth of achievement to, uh, you know a director or a writer or an actor or somebody involved in the film and television industry. So they shelved that and in its place they put two new uh, categories. So one is kind of a populist category. Cinematic and Box Office Achievement. And the other one is the Best Performance in Stand-Up Comedy on Television. So these are two brand new awards, and they, they're they kind of in some ways both populist awards. The first one, certainly more so, because the films that were up for that award were Barbie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, John Wick, Chapter 4, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, Oppenheimer. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the Super Mario Brothers movie, and Taylor Swift's concert film, The Eras Tour. So these are movies that actually made a lot of money and had a lot of traction, but they don't necessarily all end up in the best drama or best comedy film or something like that categories in other areas. So it gives an opportunity for a film like Barbie to an award which is what happened with this so the barbie film won this new award and it's kind of a funny thing it's like cinematic and box office achievement like this should be i mean i don't know what the metric exactly is for this but i guess they're all qualified, that they've all made a lot of money for the people who produced them and were generally liked by the audiences. The other one is the best performance in stand-up comedy on television. So the Golden Globes, this is one where kind of the television industry and the film industry kind of commingle. They have their various awards. The Oscars don't have these television awards as part of them. The Emmys don't have which were on the other night. They don't have the movie end of it, the the film end of it. So this is where these two industries kind of interleave together. So the best performance in stand-up comedy on television, that had a lot of um, stand-up comedy specials. So Trevor Noah, Chris Rock, Amy Schumer, Sarah Silverman, Wanda Sykes were all up for awards for this, and also Ricky Gervais. And Ricky Gervais his Ricky Gervais Armageddon, his comedy special, that was the winning special. Now he wasn't actually there to accept his nomination and famously he was the the host just a couple months before COVID hit. And he was not the host at the Golden Globes this year. But I think this is an interesting thing because you're asking about changes and like there are structural changes to everything. Like the fact that they changed how many people would be in the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. These are the guys that actually decide who wins. So they went through a major controversy also when this all kind of was swirling around the same time as COVID and everything else. They went through this controversy because they kind of snubbed some films that had African American actors and directors and writers. And then they started looking at it and they're like, well, there are no African American or African anything like nobody from that came from that part of the world, even historically, like their, their families or anything involved in the Hollywood foreign press association. So they went from about 80 writers like these uh, journalist writers to now expanding it to about 300, just over 300. And they've kind of followed the path of the diversity, equity, inclusion way of looking at who you should have involved in things. So now they have over 50% of the people identifying as having some sort of ethnic background that is not European descent, let's say. So that was another major change, which just kind of broadens who can vote on what wins, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's a big change in the ideology of the people who are involved in the voting process for them. But this, like getting back to Ricky Gervais, so Ricky Gervais had in his opening monologue kind of skewered the whole entire audience of all of the actors and writers and directors and everybody involved in hollywood television and motion pictures and if people remember this is where he kind of the very end of it he said and i'll just read what he said he said apple roared into the tv game with the morning show a superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing made by a company that runs sweatshops in china so he's referring to apple company he says well you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, you know, in China, unbelievable Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a platform to make a political speech. You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So if you win, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your God and expletive off. Okay, (laughs) it's already three hours long, right? Let's do the first award. So this is what he said. And it seems as though after COVID and a bunch of other things had all gone on, that they are actually kind of maybe taking his advice. So that's another big change right now with the at present the way things are going. And it remains to be seen if that's the direction that like the Oscars will go, let's say. So how does that kind of play out? Well, one thing is, is that people didn't get up and talk about the Ukraine war. They didn't get up and talk about the conflict going on in the Holy Land between Israel and uh, Hamas. They didn't talk about any of that stuff. and. Whatever kind of general woke things that you normally would find, quote-unquote woke things, they were kind of at a minimum and they were all kind of at a low grade. Like they were not like right up in your grill bothering you about all of it all the time constantly. So I think that's kind of a very interesting element of all of this. Now, the guy who they had instead of Ricky Gervais was this Joe Coy. And apparently he got this gig 10 days before the actual award show happened, they couldn't find anybody. Like Chris Rock didn't want to do it. A bunch of guys, and you'd know, you understand why Chris Rock might not want to. There's a bunch of people who just said no, that were not interested in doing this. He maybe later in his career would have been more prepared to do this, but at present it just was very flat and you could tell that there was not a lot of time leading up to being the host and it was that was one of the weakest parts of the whole thing and they probably did actually need some big draw individual especially coming off of back-to-back nfl games if they wanted to they might have had a bigger audience had they had a real good host and this this fellow that's a tough job like and even steve martin came out and said listen he's done it before in the past and he said this is a very hard job And he was trying to defend him a little bit. But a lot of people just completely panned his job as host. Otherwise, you know, it just kind of moved along the way all of these shows move along.
1: Let's uh, walk through some of the film categories, beginning with best motion picture. The winner there, Oppenheimer. Any surprise? Do you agree or disagree?
3: Well, listen, Oppenheimer is the favorite movie. It's going to, this is Christopher Nolan film. We talked about this. It was released the same weekend as Barbie. So this is where you get Barbenheimer from, the whole kind of this weird kind of thing that happened where these two films kind of got commingled and entwined, quantum entangled, as you might imagine. And this is the kind of film that wins a best drama film. I don't think I'm going to watch it again ever in my life, by the way. I think I've watched it and I'm good. I don't need to watch it more than that. I don't think I could, like, who knows? But like, generally speaking, I'm I'm good. I've I've seen it. I'm done. It's also a very long film. I think that probably next to the other films in this category, this is a problem. I like myself personally, I didn't see all these other films. One of the films in this category is Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon and it was just really hard to go see i mean for various reasons like as a pastor i'm kind of involved in church related things around christmas and i didn't really have a lot of time to go check it out it's also a big time commitment that again like oppenheimer is a this martin scorsese film killers of the flower moon is like three hours long like it's it's a maybe three hours plus it's a long film so i would like to see that film so it's hard to say in this category because The Maestro movie, this is uh, Bradley Cooper's biopic about Leonard Bernstein who did West Side Story, wrote the composer of the West Side Story music. So, I mean, like that's interesting to me, but I, I haven't seen it yet. That might be something I'd watch online later. There's a film called Anatomy of the Fall. We'll talk about that along the way a little bit here. That looks kind of interesting a little bit. The Zone of Interest doesn't look interesting. Past Lives doesn't look interesting. So as far as like, should it have won, well, as far as I can tell against these, sure. Oppenheimer is a good film. It's just kind of grueling and not a lot of fun. If you're going to the films for um, entertainment value and escapism, Oppenheimer is not the film for you.
1: Pastor Ted Geese is our guest. We're talking about the 2024 Golden Globe Awards. We'll get to the best of movie, musical or comedy, poor things next. What does it mean to inwardly digest God's Word? Find out in Pastor Will Whedon's column in the latest Issues Etc. journal. We'll send it to you for free. Just click the red journal subscription button in the right-hand column at issuesetc.org. In the Wittenberg Trail feature, Dr. John Warwick Montgomery tells his story of finding confessional Lutheranism to be the most scripturally faithful theology. The free online Issues Etc. journal, issuesetc.org. Join Lutherans for Life at the For Such a Time as
0: This Lutheran Adoption Conference, April 10th and 11th in Houston, Texas. Enjoy the testimony and talents of Dove Award-winning musician and adoptee Mark Schultz. Discover expert information and exciting opportunities, and experience the fellowship and celebration, the 2024 Lutheran Adoption Conference, April 10th and 11th, in houston find out more and register at lutheransforlife.org conferences memoria press is a worldwide leader in the publishing of classical christian education we have everything you need for students in kindergarten through 12th grade and our materials can be used in any classroom setting to suit your needs if you're interested in learning more visit them at memoriapress.com and use the coupon code lpr24 to save five dollars at checkout memoria press saving western civilization one student at a time
1: this is pastor donald jordan welcoming you to redeemer evangelical lutheran church in chico california we stand upon the inspired inerrant word of god and preach jesus christ and him crucified students at chico state and butte college are welcome to our college group Our divine service is at 10 and Sunday school at 9. We are located at 750 Moss Avenue, and our website is RedeemerChico.org. Your lifeline to the Lutheran worldview. You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. Congregational Sponsor. Calvary Lutheran, Indianapolis, Indiana. Faith Lutheran, Rogue River, Oregon. Hope Lutheran, Hampton, Virginia, Lamb of God Lutheran, Papillion, Nebraska, Our Redeemer Lutheran, Cedar Falls, Iowa, Prince of Peace Lutheran, San Diego, California, Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran, Perrysburg, Ohio, St. Paul Lutheran, Chatfield, Minnesota, The Good Shepherd Lutheran, Inglewood, California, and Zion Lutheran, Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click support, donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Welcome back. Pastor Ted Geese is our guest. We're talking about the 2024 Golden Globe Awards. Pastor Geese teaches a course for Concordia Lutheran Theological Seminary titled A Lutheran Approach to Art, Media, and Film. So, Ted, best movie, musical, or comedy went to poorer
3: things? I haven't heard of it. Oh, Todd, I have heard of it. I've seen the trailers for it. This is one that, listen, when I was in college, I probably would have ill-advisedly gone and watched this film. At this point, maybe I might get off the hook and not have to see it. I think it's also going to be up for quite a few Oscars as well. This is a very peculiar film from a very peculiar director. It stars Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo, also Willem Dafoe, and it's by Yorgos Lathimos. And this is a Greek director who, has made a bunch of very strange films, including the killing of the sacred deer and the lobster and dog tooth. Michelle and I did go see the favorite back in 2018. We didn't talk about it on issues, etc. But that one also starred Emma Stone. This is kind of a take on the Frankenstein story. So you have like this kind of whimsical, fanciful kind of thing where this Dr. Frankenstein type character finds the dead body of a prostitute who's committed suicide, who's pregnant, takes the brain out of the baby, puts it into the prostitute's brain, bringing her back to life, but she's got the brain of a baby. And she's now she's growing into her adulthood kind of at an accelerated pace. But it's got a lot of sexual content. It's a lot of nudity. It's also kind of sort of like a horror slash comedy and probably because knowing this director a little bit it's going to be anxiety riddled this is not going to be a easygoing film now I don't mind a challenging complicated film every once in a while but I might be sitting this one out but Emma Stone here well this is the film that won for best motion picture musical or comedy and I think that we'll see how it does when it comes to the Oscars, let's say. The films that it was up against was Air, which is a film about the Air Jordan shoe, starring Matt Damon. American Fiction, which is a film that I think might be interesting to check out. So American Fiction is a film that stars Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright was, in Asteroid City, the Wes Anderson film from last year that we talked about. That was a, quite a good film. I enjoyed that. It didn't show up in any of the categories here. This is an interesting one for this whole thing. It's a, about an American novelist who's fed up with the kind of establishment profiling him and profiting off of black entertainment. So then he makes this kind of satirical, uber kind of pop culture or sort of not, not the best kind of version of black culture, let's say in, in North America novel. And then suddenly that becomes super successful and he has to continue to put on this show. That's not who he is. And that, that was a kind of a dramedy. And I, I think I would like to check that one out. Also in this category is Barbie May, December, which I don't know how that's a comedy. It's, it's about a, a, well, May, December relationship between an older woman, and a younger man. Well, maybe it's in the Herald and Maud kind of end of things, but I'm not, not super interested in that. Then there was The Holdovers, and The Holdovers is a really interesting film, and we'll talk about that one along the way. But I, I think that in this category, I would more go so with The Holdovers. But actually, I mean, the best motion picture, musical, or comedy, probably the best one would be Barbie, but it already won this popular new award that they put together.
1: Best Motion Picture Animated, the winner is The Boy and the Heron.
3: The Boy and the Heron is a Japanese film. So it's it's an anime film. It's a kind of an animation. And uh, this is by the same director who did Howl's Moving Castle in 2004, Spirited Away, 2001, and Princess Mononoke from 1997. I remember seeing Princess Mononoke in the theater. That was a really interesting film. This is one that I wanted to check out. I'm gonna still probably check it out. It was um, it was playing kind of the same time as uh, in theaters here as Godzilla minus one, and which one was I gonna go see? So I went and saw Godzilla minus one. We talked about Godzilla minus one. Godzilla minus one is, I think, a great great film, but it it didn't fit. Like the cutoff date for when your film is released and if you're eligible for the Golden Globes, it was released after the cutoff date. So Godzilla minus one. But this um Miyazaki, the director of of this uh Boy and the Heron, he's a really interesting filmmaker and I think it'll be worth checking out. In this same category, you've got Elementals, which is kind of a Pixar. Looking thing, it's it's does not look good. It's a Disney related product. Spider Man across the Spider Verse, which we talked about, which was really good. The Super Mario Brothers movie uh, was great. Suzumi, I don't know, and Wish came out recently, and Wish was a kind of a terrible Disney film. It was supposed to be kind of based on the When You Wish Upon a Star song, and you know, celebrating one hundred years of Disney, and it's just complete disaster of a film from top to bottom. I would say that like I, of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and Super Mario Brothers movie, these two are like really good of the two that I saw. And it's kind of a toss up. You get different things with these two films. I think for a family crowd, the Super Mario Brothers movie is great. And we talked about that one at length already this last past year.
1: Was the, uh, you had mentioned Barbie getting the cinematic box office achievement. Was that simply a numbers game or what was going on there?
3: You know, I don't know actually the exact metric for that, but like Barbie made like a lot of money. Barbie made more money than Oppenheimer. I think that these two films really benefited from each other because they kind of almost doubled their audiences in some ways. People wanted to see both of them. I think I saw them within 24 hours of each other. Some people were seeing them the same day, but these are all films that made a lot of money and you only make a lot of money if people are actually going to see your film. So this is how it kind of connects with the idea of box office achievement. And in that list, we kind of ran through that list earlier, but there's a couple things. One thing I just want to point out, like John Wick chapter four, I can't get into this series for some reason. It is kind of like ballet, it's operatic in its kind of uh, use of violence, but it's just too much. I watched the first couple of them and I just, I tried to start watching the third one in preparation to watch the fourth one, and I just kind of had to set it aside. It's, it's, I guess at this point in my life, it's, it's just not a film for me. Likewise, the Taylor Swift, the Eras tour film. I'm not a Swiftie, so I, I didn't I, listen. If, if listeners had desperately asked me to see it, I would have gone and seen it and we would have talked about it. But <laughs> generally speaking, uh, in my spare time, I'm, I'm not going to go check out a Taylor Swift concert film. So just for
1: the, the record, Barbie topped a billion dollars in box office yes. worldwide, which I think is a first. But you also mentioned the Taylor Swift, which seems to be a trend now. All the pop stars are going into movie theaters with their concert. She beat Michael Jackson's setting another record there. So there is something well, to the box office.
3: Yes. And like Beyonce also had one that she released, but it did not do nearly as well as Taylor Swift, which I think might've been a shock to Beyonce.
1: What about best motion picture, non-English language?
3: The winner of this one, it's called Anatomy of a Fall. And the reason it's called that is somebody falls out a window. And this is basically going to be a kind of a crime drama where there are people suspecting each other of what might or might not have happened. So if If somebody falls out the window then the question is did they fall out the window or did they get dropped out the window so there's a a a little child who's fallen out of the window and it's this husband and wife and they're dealing with everything going on with it so to me this is kind of a it might be an interesting drama we don't know if who's at fault if there is real fault here or if it's just totally an accident and that's what the film is digging into so this is one that i'd known about before the golden globes and now kind of seeing that it's gotten some additional traction i'm going to be more a little more interested in checking it out
1: pastor ted geese is our guest we're talking about the 2024 golden globe awards we will turn to supporting actress Lily gladstone next If you appreciate Issues Etc., our 24-7 music and talk stations, and our daily verse-by-verse Bible study, The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, please include a bequest in your will or trust for these worldwide media resources. A bequest allows you to receive an estate tax charitable deduction and reduces the tax burden on your family. Ensure your children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren the opportunity to listen by including a bequest in your will or trust for Issues Etc., Lutheran Public Radio, and the Word of the Lord endures forever.
2: Have you ever wanted a resource to share with
3: first-time visitors of your congregation to help them understand why we worship the way we worship, why your church gathers the way they gather to receive our Lord's gifts? Pick up your copy of the January issue of The Lutheran Witness, which is The Divine Service, A User's Guide. To order a copy, visit cph.org slash witness Or visit our website to learn more, witness.lcms.org. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective.
0: Luther Academy provides additional theological education for our mission partners around the world, specifically pastors who are asking for additional education, but do not have the necessary resources in their own church bodies. By donating to Luther Academy today, you will be supplying food, housing, books, professors, and travel for Lutheran pastors who attend our conferences. To learn more about Luther Academy and how you can donate today, visit lutheracademy.com, lutheracademy.com.
1: Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial a podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now.
0: Equipping the priesthood of all believers, you're listening to Issues, etc. Our school is committed to authentic Lutheranism, the entire Book of Concord, and indeed, To authentic Lutheranism as it has continued to be confessed and practiced through the centuries, right up into our own time.
1: Dr. Cameron McKenzie, Chairman of the Department of Historical Theology at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana.
0: We're committed then to biblical, confessional, Christianity, and Lutheranism and applying it to the world of today in as effective a way
1: as we can. You can find out more about studying for the pastoral ministry at Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana, at ctsfw.edu, ctsfw.edu, or call 1-800-481-2155. Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. talking about the 2024 Golden Globe Awards. Pastor Ted Geese is our guest. I'm Todd Wilkin. This is Issues Etc. Ted, let's turn to supporting actress. It went to Lily Gladstone of Killers of the Flower Moon.
3: Yeah, so she might seem like a, a bit of an unconventional movie star actress. This is, again, this is the Martin Scorsese film. And she's a very eloquent speaker. I am interested in seeing it. We haven't watched Killers of a Flower Moon yet. The question is, is whether or not she's like these. These awards ceremonies kind of kind of go in a couple of different ways. Sometimes they will take somebody who has had a long storied career, has been in a lot of films, and has kind of gained a name for themselves. And they might not even be winning for the performance that they had in that film. It might be that they have kind of garnered enough momentum that this is. Quote unquote, their year. But Lily Gladstone is newer to acting. This is her first major, gigantic, big role. And that's the other kind of way that this can sometimes break. So, from everything that I have seen, she seems very interesting. She did uh, the beginning of her acceptance speech in her own indigenous language. She's, you know, a, a Native American individual, First Nations person. So, the question is, is she going to continue to be cast in other things? Is she going to break out into other roles? But this is uh, this Lily Gladstone. Best performance by a male actor in a motion picture? The winner of this category is Cillian Murphy, and he won for Oppenheimer. He's a very interesting actor, and Christopher Nolan has had him in different projects along the way. He was in Dunkirk. He played the scarecrow in a couple of his Batman films. He's an Irish actor, and he does a really great job. One of the films that I remember seeing him in was a Wes Craven film called Red Eye, and he was the villain character in that. That was from uh, 2005. He was in it with Rachel McAdams. It's uh, kind of a thriller uh, set on an airplane, hence the title Red Eye. So he's been acting quite a long time, and Oppenheimer was a very nuanced performance. And while he's been in lots of movies and people are starting to recognize him, he's not exactly, you know, your most recognizable actor. So maybe he isn't really a household name, let's say. He's not like a Tom Hanks or a Harrison Ford or something like that, or a Bradley Cooper. So, you know, having him play the role really means that Christopher Nolan put a lot of Support behind him, really trusted him with the project, and it was a, a very nuanced and and interesting performance. So uh, again, like I'd mentioned, household names in the same category: Bradley Cooper, Leonardo DiCaprio, and then like these guys are w- super well known. Barry Cogan, he was in this film called Saltburn, and that's a, another distressing film, I think. But uh, he was in the Banshees of Inisharan, which we talked about, and he played uh, the character of Dominic from that. And he's becoming a you know kind of a go-to actor. Christopher Nolan also had him in Dunkirk as well. But here, Cillian Murphy, this is kind of paving maybe the way for him towards an Oscar win as well. Do you agree with those two picks for actress and actor? Because I've not seen some of these films like Annette Benning was in this film called Niad. I did not see that film. And Anatomy of Fall is the one that I do want to see. And Carrie Mulligan was in Maestro with Bradley Cooper, but they're not, not all uh, ones that I've seen. Now, dear listener, I don't see every single film. And sometimes these awards come around and then I start to be interested in, start to get interested in things that I might want to see. But, uh, I think for Cillian Murphy, he is a very good actor, and I've seen Bradley Cooper and Leonardo DiCaprio and these other actors and other things. So I'm gonna say that I think that those are perfectly good individuals to win these awards. Anyone you think just got overlooked that should have, should have gotten it? 2023 was a terrible year for movies. There, there was just, there was not a lot going, going on out there in in general and of the things that that were in theaters i i I think that this is probably as good as you're as you're going to get is these slates of actors and actresses
1: ted one of the things i was pleasantly pleased to see was the award for best performance of a male actor in a motion picture musical or comedy going to paul giamatti one of my favorite actors for this period piece the holdovers what's that film about
3: Yeah, this film, The Holdovers, is by Alexander Payne. It's uh, set at a kind of an Ivy League prep school for students that are going to be going to university or college, places like Stanford and Cornell and Yale, et cetera. It's set in 1971. It's by this director Alexander Payne, who also did the film Nebraska, which we talked about back in 2013. He's also the director of Sideways from 2004, which starred Paul Giamatti as well. So this is another chance for the actor and director to work together. Also, this is a film where for the Golden Globes, it won in the category of best performance by a female actor in a supporting role in any motion picture. And the winner there is uh, Divine Joy Randolph, who uh, plays a lady who kind of manages the cafeteria for this high school. So Paul Giamatti is the teacher who is tasked with taking care of the holdover students that aren't going home for Christmas break. So all the way through the film, you get lots of Christmas carols, you get some Christmas-related themes in there. And this is sort of one of these films, if you've seen films like Mr. Holland's Opus from 1995 with Richard Dreyfuss or Dead Poet Society with Robin Williams or Wonder Boys from the year 2000 with Michael Douglas. This is one of these kinds of movies where you have a mentor teacher type character and a student, but Alexander Payne, his focus often is kind of on grief and loss and melancholia, dealing with challenges of life in various kind of areas. So these two characters of this student and this teacher kind of gravitate towards each other. And one of the really great things that happens in the course of the film, which makes it something that would be recommendable, is that one of the characters makes a gigantic sacrifice for the other character. And this is all focused on compassion. So this is like love in action happening in the film. And it's somewhat unexpected, but it it plays out in a really great way. So I think that there's something there for the Christian audience to look at and think about connected to this film. And his as a director, he's he's a very interesting director.
1: One of the things I found fascinating about it is that it's set in the 1970s, so it has all of the you know, it looks like 1970 but the but the cinematographer actually went out of his way to film it in the style of 1970s filmmaking. He didn't use the technology available to him. He went back to cameras that were being used in the 70s, even the the actual physical format of the film that was used in the 70s. And so it looks, and he, I think he even recorded the sound in mono. So it really has the feel of not just being there, but having been made there. I just find that
3: fascinating. Right down to the art direction too. Like the art direction is, it's got all of the old kind of, Stamps and like the style of the opening credits and all of the little details are such a time capsule. If somebody didn't know better and they didn't know the actors and they didn't know anything and they just kind of like stumbled across it on television late one night, they could feel as though it was from that time period. So it's really leaning into that nostalgia kind of a thing, which he as a director was really interested in doing. His films don't tend to do that. So it has kind of a high concept. His recent film, Downsizing, had kind of high concept too, but this, I think, is way more on point for him and getting back to kind of him getting in form for the kind of films that he does best. So you had
1: mentioned female actor in supporting role, male actor in supporting role went to another one of my favorite actors, I think largely an unappreciated actor because he's such a Marvel character, and that's Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer.
3: Yeah, he um, was up against Willem Dafoe, Robert De Niro, Ryan Gosling, so Mark Ruffalo, a bunch of big actors. And he won in this role. And I'll have to tell you, when I sat down to watch Oppenheimer, I found it very distracting that it was Robert Downey Jr. playing the role. And in the end, I think when people look back at it, it'll be less distracting. But that was the experience I had in the theater. That said, he did a very good job. And I think that He'll also be a nominee for uh, Oscar in this area and probably SAG Awards and different things like that too. And he's had a very long and varied career. Like you mentioned, the, the superhero stuff. But I mean, if you think about all of the films going way back into the 90s and the 80s that he's been involved in, he's really had a long career and done a lot with a variety of things with his acting.
1: Pastor Ted Geese is our guest. We're talking about the 2024 Golden Globe Awards. He mentioned that Robert Downey Jr. was up against Robert De Niro. How do you beat Robert De Niro?
0: Here's an easy way for you to help us cast ChristNet on the Internet. Subscribe, rate, and review the Issues Etc. podcasts with your podcast provider. Type Issues Etc. in your podcast provider, hit the subscription button, and leave us a five-star review. This will make it easier for other podcast listeners to find Issues Etc. Help us reach more listeners in 2024. Subscribe, rate,
1: and review Issues Etc. today. Unforgiveness is a prison, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for January will help you break out of the unforgiveness in your own life. It's titled, Unforgivable? How God's Forgiveness Transforms Our Lives. This new book is published by Concordia Publishing House. Their phone number, 1-800-325-3040 or learn more about Unforgivable at IssuesETC.org. Unforgivable, How God's Forgiveness Transforms Our Lives, the Issues Etc. Book of the Month. This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue in Titus with qualifications for elders, rebuke them sharply, sound doctrine, grace of God, and the washing of regeneration. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordeddoors.org or your favorite podcast provider.
0: Our Christian faith is under constant attack, and we must be proactive in keeping our children in the church. At Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, we believe that an education rooted in God's Word is one that stands against the very gates of hell. Nothing in this world is more important. Offering a rigorous classical Lutheran education, we provide in-person and live online remote learning opportunities for preschool through grade 12. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. Education and edification. You're listening to Issues etc.
2: Did you know that we send out an email each week that details upcoming show topics? It's available for you to include in your weekly church bulletin. Just click the Issues Etc. journal logo at our homepage, IssuesEtc.org, and sign up to receive the church bulletin blurb. It's an easy way to invite your fellow parishioners to listen to Issues Etc. IssuesEtc.org. Look for the Issues Etc. journal logo and register to receive a weekly bulletin paragraph from Issues Etc.
0: Confessional Lutherans are invited to rent a four-bedroom, three-bathroom Table Rock lakefront home in the Ozarks. Table Rock Lake is a premier lake in the heart of the Ozarks for boating, water sports, and fishing. This log cabin-style rental sleeps 12 and is 30 minutes from Branson and 20 minutes from Silver Dollar City. Learn more by calling Swanson Estates, 713-855-2681. Be sure to mention Issues Etc., 713 855-2681.
1: 855-2681. Pastor Will Whedon of The Word of the Lord Endures Forever has written an excellent article for the latest Issues Etc. Journal. It's based upon a classic collect from Thomas Cranmer. Blessed Lord, who has caused all Holy Scripture to be written for our learning Grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them that by patience and comfort of thy Holy Spirit, we may embrace and ever hold fast to the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You can read this article for yourself absolutely free. Just go to issuesetc.org, click the red subscription button on the right-hand column, Enter your email address, and we will send you the latest Issues Etc. Journal for free. Issuesetc.org. We're talking about the 2024 Golden Globe Awards. Pastor Ted Geese is our guest. He teaches a course for Concordia Lutheran Theological Seminary titled The Lutheran Approach to Art, Media, and Film. Ted, before the break, we were talking about best supporting actor going to Robert Downey Jr. He beat out Robert De Niro in Killers of the Flower Moon. How do you beat Robert De Niro?
3: Well, I mean, again, this is the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. So now, like I was saying, there's 311 people voting on this. It's not quite the same as the Oscars. The Oscars are kind of a true meritocracy where the people who are in the the academy are all voting on it. So you're not really having the other actors voting on the actors. You're having these journalists voting on the actors. So Perhaps that would make a difference when it comes to the acting categories, when the actors themselves are voting on the other actors. But Robert De Niro looks to be very good in this film, Killers of the Flower Moon also.
1: Another place where there was a lot of heavyweights was Best Director, and it went to Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer. What are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, we had talked about Bradley Cooper being the director of Maestro and uh, Greta Gerwig was the director of Barbie. Yorgos Lathimos, we talked about this guy, Martin Scorsese. Uh, and then there's this Celine Song who did this film called Past Lives, which is kind of about like a couple that knew each other as children and kind of reconnect later in life. It's kind of a romantic film. But yeah, Christopher Nolan has this very dogged, Career of being a very serious filmmaker. Everything is very, very serious. And in fact, Cillian Murphy had said that he really knew that he was on a different kind of set when the first Christopher Nolan film that he came on to, there was nowhere for the actors to sit. They all had to stand and wait for their turn to be in the scene or however it worked out. So this is a very dedicated filmmaker. I mean, I think that people would have imagined that the big toss up would have been between Greta Gerwig and. Christopher Nolan. And in this case, it was Christopher Nolan. He had a very gracious acceptance speech as well. And he was able to, he had previously been up to accept an award on behalf of Heath Ledger after Heath Ledger had died and on behalf of his role as the Joker in the Christopher Nolan film, The Dark Knight. As a director, he has consistently made great films. So uh, what did you
1: make of Best Screenplay going to the writers for Anatomy of a
3: Fall? Again, this is a very intriguing film. It's not an English language film. There's some portions of it that are in English. But I think because it, it, it looks to be a really tight kind of psychological thriller kind of mystery of a film uh, and character study that I, I'm very intrigued and looking forward. It, seeing it win in this category is getting me interested in seeing the film. I think, though, that, like, listen, taking a Barbie doll and making a film that people actually wanted to see and generates as much box office as the Barbie movie produced. And we talked about this with Greta Gerwig and Nora, Noah Baumbach, her partner, back when the film came out. Like, that is something kind of unbelievable that they were able to accomplish that. And even like the film Oppenheimer for Christopher Nolan, I mean, they're taking very dense historical information and making a compelling film. So in in the course of all of the ones that were up for, for these awards, they all did an excellent job. Any one of these could have probably won this award. So now I'm seeing that this anatomy of fall might be something I'd be interested in checking out. What other Golden Globe Awards did you want to mention? The best original score went to this Ludwig Gorenson for Oppenheimer. I didn't really find this to be a great score, but he happens to be Hans Zimmer's kind of protege. So, and Hans Zimmer would often be the guy doing these films with Christopher Nolan, but back with the film Tenet, he kind of bowed out of Tenet to go do Dune Part 1 by Denis Villeneuve. And this Ludwig Göransson had done the film *Tenet* with Christopher Nolan, the original score. So here he's working with Christopher Nolan again, and again Hans Zimmer is tied up with *Dune* Part Two, with Denis Villeneuve. So you know, there's a bit of a passing of the torch there. So, and I personally didn't enjoy that soundtrack, but apparently it was a good enough soundtrack for it to win an award. Those are the, basically the, the, the ones that I think like the things that we could look at when it comes to these films.
1: What did you want to say? Cause Golden Globes also includes television. Did you see anything worth noting there?
3: Well, very quickly, a couple of things. One thing is only murders in the building which I watched and you watched and we pretty much enjoyed it was up for awards. It didn't win any unfortunately, but the ones that did win Pretty much there, like the majority of them were there was this show called Succession, which I didn't really watch. It's on, I think, HBO Max. And then The Bear, which is about a kind of a really high anxiety TV show about working in a kitchen. And then there's this TV show called Beef. And Beef looks pretty interesting. Beef is kind of like there was a movie called Changing Lanes with Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Affleck years ago about kind of a hit and run or like a car accident that spirals out of control. This TV show is also dealing with kind of a road rage incident. And then from there, everything kind of unfolds from that. And I think that there's probably gonna be a lot of very interesting stuff in there. This is uh, something that's on Netflix. So again, this is one of these uh, projects that wasn't on my radar, but now I'm interested in checking it out. So, I mean, I think from the television category, that is one of the areas that uh, I thought was kind of interesting as well.
1: In my opinion, only Murders in the Building should have won for Meryl Streep's performance alone, which was, for a comedy lighthearted mystery, was truly unbelievable.
3: Yeah, she did a really great job. I'm not a giant Meryl Streep fan these days, so I was kind of a little reticent going into season three because I saw that she was in it. But I thought she was great, and I think that it was considering kind of Where things went along the way, they're kind of hitting hitting a good stride with this season, season three. Uh, Martin Short was superb in season three of Only Murders in the Building. I think that his character in the first couple seasons was more shticky. And this one, he seems to have really grasped the character. They did so much with him in this season. It was very enjoyable.
1: Pastoral Concerns with about 30 seconds.
3: I think generally speaking, it's interesting to see Hollywood kind of shifting gears and not lecturing and hectoring everybody about everything. The job of Hollywood really isn't to be a preacher, and the preacher's job isn't to be kind of obsequious in the way that they present the law. And with Hollywood, the law that they present is not God's law, and the morality that they have is not in keeping with Christian morality. So seeing them having a little bit of a shifting of gears is a positive thing. I don't know if it's too little, too late. I think that they really have had a rough number of years since the beginning of COVID. And if they want to kind of retain or gain audiences, they're going to need to take a hard look in the mirror and figure out where to go next. And maybe we're starting to see some indication of that with a uh, you know, this might be one of those thermometer moments where you can kind of see the temperature of the room a little bit, and maybe maybe we're going to be going in a in a better direction. I say that uh, not with a a lot of confidence, but I say that anyways.
1: Pastor Ted Geese has a bachelor's degree in fine arts. He is pastor of Mount Olive Lutheran Church in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada, and he teaches a course for Concordia Lutheran Theological Seminary titled "The Lutheran Approach to Art, Media, and Film." You'll find a link to his movie reviews on the Talk On Demand archives page at issuesetc.org. Ted, thanks. Thank you. Issues Etc. has been brought to you in part today by Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana, where they teach the faithful, reach the lost, and care for all. You can learn about studying for the vocations of pastor or deaconess at CTSFW or by calling one 800 481 2155 Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Thursday on Issues Etc., we'll talk with Dr. Paivi Rossinen about her freedom of speech and religion case, possibly going to Finland's Supreme Court. We'll discuss five problems with the rapture with Dr. Jordan Cooper, and we'll continue our series, Kids Have Questions, with Pastor Jonathan Connor. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for listening.
0: is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.
3: The grace of God, the Church's music, the Lord's Supper every service every Sunday, preaching Christ crucified and risen, our hope for years to come, there is hope in St. Louis, Hope Lutheran Church that is, 5218 Neosho Street, St. Louis, Missouri. Find us on the web at hopelutheranstl.org.
1: A blind
0: sinner is carried to baptism administered by a pastor. Morning Chapel from Kramer Chapel. Live weekday mornings at 9 Central, 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain, and 7 Pacific. At issuesetc.org. That was the epiphany event where our eyes were opened to see the amazing grace of God in the very face of Jesus.
2: Do you dread going to work out? Performance Fitness in Edwardsville offers a fun, supportive, tight knit community and environment. Visit them on the web at PerformanceFitness618.com or call 618 692 5063. Performance Fitness is the facility in the St. Louis metro-east where the focus is on member results, not membership numbers. 618-692-5063 or performancefitness618.com. Performance Fitness of Edwardsville.
3: The Substitute Organist Service has been a great blessing for our worship life here at Christ the King Lutheran in Riverview, Florida.
1: Pastor Kevin Yocum on the Substitute Organist Service.
3: Now our organ plays rich liturgical music every single Sunday, and it's very affordable. You pick the hymns, you pick the liturgies. It's very simple. Just know when to push play.
1: You can find out more about the Substitute Organist Service at churchmusicsolutions.com. Churchmusicsolutions.com.
2: College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois offers ACT, SAT, and PSAT test prep, scholarship application classes, college and career counseling, and more. Hi, this is Lori Konsky, President of College Preparation Station. We have helped our students obtain more than $7 million in tuition scholarships in 12 years. Find out more at cpsprep.com. Let us help you create a vision and find your future. The College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois, cpsprep.com.